Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome back to the Know Your Role Player Podcast. I'm your host, J215, the number four ever. Follow your boy on IG, and on my IG page is the podcast page. That's at Know Your Role Player underscore podcast. The best way that you can listen to this podcast is to download the Anchor app. That's anchor.fm backslash Know Your Role Player. It's K-N-O-W-Y-A. R-O-L-E-P-L-E-Y-E-R. All right. Now, whether you have Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, Koch, Breaker, or Radio FM, or many, many other platforms, you will get notifications like the episode you are currently listening to becomes available. All right. All right. Guys, welcome back. Today is Thursday, April 14th. We got a lot to get to. I apologize for yesterday. I couldn't get on the pod. Uh, let's just say that. I'm not making no excuses for it. It should have happened. But this is the schedule real quick. Um, Pod today, NBA award show, small breakdown of yesterday's games. And then before Saturday, before Saturday's games, I'll definitely do a playoff preview pod. But first, as always, got to introduce our guest. Frank, say what's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? All right. Uh, Now, two games, well, a lot of games came on last night. Before we do an NBA award show, Let's do a quick recap on where we at right now with the playoffs, right? Okay. Uh, you want to lead it off? Yeah. So, uh, on Tuesday night, the Brooklyn Nets took care of business at home against the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, that propels them mm-hmm. to the seventh seed, and they will be playing Boston. Now, also on Tuesday night, the Minnesota Timberwolves took care of business at home against the Clippers giving them the seventh seed, making their first series against Memphis. Now, Cleveland will get to play one more time to get into the playoffs as the eighth seed right. against the Atlanta Hawks in Cleveland tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the Los Angeles Clippers have one more chance to make it in against the San- uh, – no, I'm sorry, against the New Orleans Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was also on Friday night. All right, so real quick, um, I don't want to harp on the old games too much, but any thoughts, any quick thoughts from the um, Brooklyn-Cleveland uh, game? No. <laughs> uh, I'll just say this. I thought Cleveland competed. I feel like this season has been really tough for the Cavaliers. Uh, the season isn't over. I want people to remember that. I think so many people watch these games. Both games have different meanings. All right, so let's do today's games. Um, yep. So, it's not today, Friday. Yesterday. Okay? Or Friday. Well, hold on. We can do yesterday. All right, I'm sorry. Uh, yesterday's games, there were two games on Wednesday night, correct? Yes. And let me pull it up right here in a second. So, we had the Hawks and Hornets. The Hawks blow out the Hornets, 132 to 103. We had the Pelicans, 113, and the Spurs, 103. All right, this is the second year in a row that the Hornets got blown out in a play game, Correct. Correct. Don't you think some type of change has to be made because of that? Because don't you agree that they have a good enough team to make the playoffs? So, no, I don't think they have a good enough team to make the playoffs. Interesting. I think they have a good enough team to make the play-in every Mm. season. I think they need a more uh, dominant interior player. I don't want to say center, Mm -hmm. but a more dominant interior player to take some of that pressure off of whatever was the situation in that backcourt last night. That was te- – yeah, Jay, that was terrible. Absolutely, brother. From Terry Rozier, Lamella, that was terrible. All of them. All of them. 
The only person who played well last night in a Hornets uniform was P.J. Washington. Yeah. From start to finish. And it's kind of tough moving forward because, you know, a lot of people agree that next year the Hornets have to have a defensive presence in the middle. But my thing is, of what cap space? A lot of these teams should have cap space, but unfortunately teams like the Hornets with that Gordon Haywood contract, it's going to be tough, man. I'll say this. They have assets. Now, the only problem is if I'm Michael Jordan, right, and I'm the owner of that team, Mm-hmm. Do I have any confidence in my front office to be able to determine which players we need to keep versus which ones we need to trade in order to make the team better? And I don't think he can answer that yes or no at this point. Right. Because the only moves that they've done, the Terry Rozier signing, we both say good deal, right, to this point. Absolutely. That was, okay. Gordon Hayward. There's no verdict on that. He played good when he played this season, but he was also out. Right. So then, you know, Kelly Oubre did not – I don't think that worked. I mean, he was a spark off the bench, but he doesn't add any defense or anything else. So I'm just saying, like, if I'm I'm the Hornets, I don't know – you know, I don't like their coach, but I think also the roster has to change. Absolutely. Not, Not drastically, but it has to change. Well, in order to change something sort of drastic has to happen because well, I mean, no, nothing drastic in terms of you don't get rid of Lamella. Well, that's what you I don't get Lamella. The guy I look at is Terry Rozier. Right? Terry Rozier or Miles Bridges. But then we got to go back to coaching because if they would have played, uh, what was the rookie's name? James Booknight. Yeah, if they would have played him, they would have seen if he was ready or not to take over that starting position to where you could trade Terry Rozier, who has a lot of value. Yep. But again, good old coaching. Uh, I don't want to harp on that game too long. Um, the other game, the Spurs and the Pelicans. The Pelicans won 113 to 103. Um, I feel like the Spurs fight as much as they can. So, listen, I'm correct in saying that the Spurs are eliminated, right? Correct. Okay. And the Pelicans have one more game. Have one more game before they get to play in. Yep. T.G. McCullough. T.G. Uh, uh, McCullough, great again. Finishes today's game with 32, 6, and 7 off a of 12 out of th- 23 shooting, three out of from, from the three-point line, uh, just an overall efficient day. Jonas Valanciunas was the X factor for me. Uh, dominating inside, one of the Spurs' biggest weaknesses is uh, rebounding and scoring inside. 14 rebounds, 22 points, and Brandon Ingram chips in with another 27. I just felt like the Spurs couldn't score enough. Also, Herb Jones did a really good job on my boy uh, DeJounte Murray. He was 5-19 from the field with 16 points. Listen, the Spurs to me, they they they're they're maxing out whatever they're getting from their guys. They just need more talent. And again, this is another team that needs to upgrade at the center position. I agree. It's not like that's the perfect analysis of that team. They're maxing out on what they have. It's just that what they have is not enough. Absolutely. All right. So before we do the NBA All NBA Awards, since we well we're gonna preview Friday's games. All right. So we got two games on Friday. Oh, real quick, I want to ask you. Do you want to start a fresh record for the playoffs, or do you want to keep our regular season record? No, fresh fresh record for the actual playoffs, not okay. these, not the play-ins. Okay. So the play-ins don't count? No, we're going to pick them, but they just don't count. Okay. All right, so the Cavaliers are home versus the Hawks. Atlanta's favored by two. Um, these teams are pretty similar. You know, Atlanta, to me, is a little bit deeper of a team where the Hawks have a little bit more size if they actually use the size that they have. Uh, I still feel like the Cavaliers have a much better bench, even though the Hawks do have a decent bench. Um, this is a pick game for me. Atlanta's favored by two. I'm going to go with the Hawks to win this game yeah, and cover so, the two. So Jared Allen says he's 50-50. He's not playing, bro. 
I'm gonna just let me, let me just preface by saying this: if he plays, I like the Cavs. Okay. Right. I don't need to explain why, other than he's a lot better than Clint Capella. So okay. now I don't think he's gonna play. So here's my breakdown: I think. Uh, Darius Garland and Trey Young will be washes of one another. Mm-hmm. They're both going to put up stupid numbers, I think, in this game. Yep. And the entire game comes down to t- the two most unlikely individuals of who has a better statistical game and stays out of foul trouble Danilo Gallinari and Laurie Markinen. Mm. Be- and, and the reason I say that is if you watch the Nets game, Laurie Markinen came on late. Mm-hmm. He came on when they were down 20 plus. Yep. You can't get down. You we and we we said this before that game. They start bad, they finish bad. And what happened in that playing game? They started bad and finished bad. You cannot do that against Atlanta and think you will win. They right. will blow you out cuz once they get a lead, they don't give it back. Right. Um I'm going to go in a little bit slightly different direction. I'm going to go down to X factors for both teams. I'm going to say for I'm going to still go agree with you with Gallinari, but for the other Cavaliers X factor I got to go with Kevin Love. Okay. Um, you know, when you put that second unit out for the uh, Hawks, even though they're really good, to me, Kevin Kevin Love, when the team put out their second unit, he's the best player on the floor. He's still an elite rebounder. He's still really good at hitting open three-pointers, and he can still pass the ball. And he does enough things that you have to factor him into the game. And, again, as we saw on Tuesday versus the Nets, he's going to make his presence felt. Now, listen, he's also going to give up some layups, so it's very important that he cannot be your center, Okay. I love J.B. Bickerstaff. I get what he's trying to do. You got to play offense, defense. But if he's out there, Mobley's got to be out there with him. All right, we no more layup lines. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with the Hawks. You, who who did you said you like? Oh no, I like the Hawks unless Jared Allen actually steps foot on a basketball court. Okay, so let's move on to the second game real quick. Um, the Clippers are home versus the Pelicans. Now the Clippers is just we're gonna t- listen. We are gonna talk about Minnesota for two minutes. But we're gonna talk about them. <laughs> All right, um, the Clippers are 42 and 40. They are home favored by four versus the Pelicans, which are 36 and 46. All right, but don't let the record fool you. To me, the Pelicans are the better team. All right, they got the better big, they got the better guard play, and their wing play isn't better, but it's close enough to where it shouldn't be an embarrassment. I, uh, and they got good bigs, too. They play two bigs. I really like the Pelicans. I love the Pelicans plus four in this game. Okay. Do you think that Ty Lue is a good coach? Absolutely. All right, well, we're about to find out. I'm gonna take <laughs> I'm gonna take the Clippers because I agree with you, and I think he's a good coach, and I think he's gonna make the adjustments. You're gonna see a lot more Norman Powell. You're gonna see a lot less Robert Covington if he's not gonna make shots slash shoot the ball, because the Clippers' problem all year has not really been defense. It has definitely been the fact that they struggle to put the ball in the basket when they play their starters. Now I agree they, with that. But I'm going to say this. That game versus the Timberwolves, there was a lot of defensive breakdowns, man. Oh, there were – listen. And Zubac can't – he's got to get his minutes cut, man. He can't he, – if he's not going to come out on that pick and roll and show uh, when the guard's at the top of the key shooting, he's got to come out the game. Yeah. Oh, and the one thing I will say is this, though, for the even though I've taken the Clippers, the Pelicans dominated the Clippers in the regular season with mm. and without Paul George. Mm. Dominated them. I just think they're a better team. You know, they are. I think much <laughs> they are. So I'm a, like I said, I went with the Pelicans. You went with the Clippers. All right, we are finally here, y'all. I, this is the most anticipated every year. The biggest episode of the podcast is the all excuse me is the NBA awards featuring Rookie of the Year, 
Coach of the Year, All-NBA, Defensive Player of the Year. You name it, we got it. All right, since you were the guest, French, what category are we going to start with first? I think we should start off with something a little light. Let's start off with Sixth Man of the Year. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know if I have a pie thing to confirm this, but I liked it after the preseason. I liked it, my boy, um, goodness gracious, Tyler Hero. You did call it early. It's yes. on the pod somewhere. All right, cool. I appreciate that. So I, I just saw how he played in the preseason. He looked a lot more confident. And not even that, just based off of how much the Miami Heat needed him, that was my sixth man of the year. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, man. I wasn't that big on Tyler early in the season, initial or preseason. But, yeah, once the season started, it's been him the entire time. It's Any second-place uh, award? I mean, if you want to go a nice second place, um, I don't have a problem with DeAnthony Melton, who I think has been really good. Mm-hmm. Off the bench or Ty Jones off the yeah, bench. Yeah, absolutely. Best assisted turnover ratio in the league. Yeah, like they're not gonna have like the good like six man stats in terms of points per game. But if you watch basketball, those those two guys have both been really big off the bench. And even um you could even give a little bit of consideration if you want to to a Cameron Johnson mm. out in Phoenix, but that one's a little bit more of a reach to Yeah, because he missed a lot of games. Yeah, uh, but listen, I'm fine with both of those guys getting second and third place. Um, but that was the fun one. <laughs> we gonna get, we got listen, yo. I'm gonna tell y'all. I have not asked this man about his picks. He has not asked me about mine. We do not talk about our picks. We want to come and give y'all live reactions on the pod. What's the next one, brother? All right, defensive player of Ooh! the year. You want to go first, or you want me to go first? I want you to go first. All right. Now listen. I want to y'all. I want y'all to know something. Me and French can guess who's gonna win the award. All right. We know what the public. Well, not the public, what the voters are going to think. But this is my humble opinion. I'm going with Jaron Jackson <laughs> Jr. I'm standing on it, yo. Listen, if we talk about Memphis and why they're great, it's a couple of reasons. You got John Morant. You got a team that plays together and brings the energy every night. And you got defense, all right? Who leads the league in blocks? I don't know. Jaron Jackson Jr., brother. <laughs> At 28 minutes a game, almost two and a half blocks is insane. Um, again, everybody talks about the ability to switch to one through five. Some guys can actually do it. One of those guys is Jaron Jackson Jr. If you want to look at his peak game, all right, you got to go to him versus the Brooklyn Nets where he's guarding KD. He's guarding Kyrie. He's getting switched on to Bruce Brown. Anybody out there he was getting on, he was getting on. And, again, even though with Jaron Jackson, we look for his offensive improvement to still come, Defensively, he took their team to another level. Uh, my second place is Miles, um, excuse me, Mikel Bridges from Phoenix. Okay. Um, Phoenix has been the best team in the league all year. All right. And he's one of the three reasons why he brings it every night. Also, didn't know, even though this is all NBA, he hasn't missed a game since college. Correct. And for a league that team game players miss a lot of games, we got to reward guys that put the minutes in and bring it every night. And my third vote, and again, this is unbiased. All right. Marcus Smart. Listen. I know Marcus Smart is a Celtic, but I do not take him for granted. He plays hard every night, and he brings the energy. He is a 6'3 point guard that is tough enough to go small forwards, power forwards, and centers. You try to post him up, and you embarrass yourself like everybody else does. Now, <laughs> he does get his flop one, but he ain't the only one. Marcus Smart has a great year defensively. I want to most definitely reward him. Those are my three picks. Okay. My number one my defensive player of the year was actually on your list at number two. Okay. Dale Bridges. Okay. Now, for me, 
it's pretty simple, right? I think the fact is the the games that they were able to win, like it was close, right, into the All Star break. Yeah. But I think post All Star break, no Chris Paul, and the fact that they were able to put together that win streak where you had uh, Devin Booker taking care of things on the offensive end, yep. but Mikael Bridges really locking down defensively. The Absolutely. whole team, but him especially, taking the best player every night. And I just think you have to reward a guy, like you said, doesn't miss games, plays over 33 minutes a game, night in and night out. Absolutely. Number two on my list. Bam Adebayo. Oh, how many games did Bam play this year? Uh, I gotta look it, but I think it was like around fifty six, fifty seven. That's why I couldn't put him because he was yeah. my, to me. Draymond for a small stretch was the best defensive player, but his there's no way I was giving him a award. He didn't play enough. No, nah, yeah. So I um, put but Bam, Bam number two as in my. Yeah. If Bam played two games, he'd be my number one pick. Yeah. See that? So th- there's a theme to some of my number twos and threes. A lot of them are guys I feel like should have won had they had enough games available. But my number three pick, who gets no love, and you you know Uh-oh. me, I'm a TJ McConnell guy, right? I got another guy for y'all. Oh, boy. Herbert Jones. I love it. I love it. I don't know if I can do defensive player of the year because the team defense doesn't correlate. But here's the thing. But individual here's, defense. Here's the thing. Okay. No Brandon, when there was no Brandon Ingram for a mm-hmm. stretch of the season. Herb Jones was locking up best player on the opposite team. Even now, he still, most nights, will take the bulk of the possessions on the team's best wing player slash guard player, right? So that way Brandon Ingram doesn't have to work as hard. He's averaging over one block a game, over one 1.3, I think, steals per game. Yep. Okay, and his defensive rating is in the top half of the league. And I just feel like his defense is a huge reason – along with the adding CJ's offense for why the Pelicans made this run at the end of the season. Right. I like it, man. I have no problem with it. Um, let me ask you real quick. Why no Marcus Smart to reach the top three? I guess he was your number four pick then. Yeah. So I had Marcus Smart four, and I actually had Robert Williams five. Okay. Um, my thing with Marcus Smart is this. As great as I know he is, I saw too many games this season where he was getting cooked. And uh, that's not a knock. Yeah, go ahead. Every single player on this list gets cooked. No, absolutely. Nope. But my no thing is, I saw too was above many. Being cooked. None of it them. was just, it was too many games. Now, maybe that's because I was watching a lot of Celtics games compared to, you know, Phoenix games or compared to Pelicans games. But there was just, like, there was like one too many times. And then the final straw for me is when, uh, I think it was Killian Hayes dropped like 15 on Marcus <laughs> Smart. And I was just like, nah. <laughs> I was like, you're you're all defensive, like you're an all defensive team, but I can't. No, no, I'm sorry, hey, not I this was, year. I and I like Marcus Smart, but not this year. And then Robert was, Williams, if he didn't get hurt, I thought he had a real shot to win the award, because I think the Celtics might have finished first in the East, but that's not here nor there because he got hurt. So, I agree, man. I like I like the variants. I like the variants. All right, what are we doing next, brother? All right, it's time. We go coach of the year. I think this will be the first big okay. argument we have. Okay. All right. Real quick. Uh, do you know the official – Taylor Jenkins is the coach of the Grizzlies, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, you want to go first or you want me to go first? I want you to go first. All right. Um, this was um, 
I think Coach of the Year is one of the few awards I think we might be able to do two in each con- one in each conference. Okay. Just because I feel like I don't know, man. It's coaching is not easy in the NBA, and when you're doing it at well level, so. Uh, Listen, my coach of the year was Monty Williams, all right? I wanted to pick Taylor Jenkins really bad, but every single night, every single night, the Phoenix Suns bring it. Offensively, defensively, they're one of the best clutch teams in the league. Um, Since losing the finals last year, they've only gotten better. The role players have improved. The star players have improved. There's been no slack at any point in the season last year. And again, if you want to look at the biggest thing, it's defense and numbers in the clutch. I don't know if you watched the game last week when they played Utah and they were down 17 in the fourth quarter. Yep. Completely came back and won that game, but that was a microcosm of the season. Every single game they bring it. And again, I got to start at the top about setting the tone, and I got to give it to Monty Williams. I like it. <sighs> Number two is a little controversial, man. Um, I gave my man Udoka from the Celtics to number two uh, spot. Oh, boy. Now, listen. I want to remind everybody that the Celtics were about a 500 team with a similar roster to they had last season. All right. They add a few pieces, nothing crazy. And he called them soft. He called them publicly soft more than once, more than twice. Now, to me personally, I don't think that stuff works as much as it used to. I feel like guys are a little sensitive, but they responded well. They've been one of the best teams defensively. And, they, again, we talk about teams that play hard every night. And I got to give him credit as a first-year coach replacing Brad Stevens. I love what he did as a coaching job, so I gave um, Yudoka the number two spot. And number three, Taylor Jenkins. Again, this is similar to Monty Williams. You're talking about a team that brings it every night, and again, without their star player, John Morant, to have that good of a win-loss ratio, absolutely amazing. Taylor Jenkins and the Memphis Grizzlies are 11 deep, 12 deep, 13 deep. Keep going. Whoever's on that roster is ready to play at any point. And again, we got to start at the top with coaching, man. And the players, too. But again, this is a coaching award. Those are my three guys. Okay, so yeah, that that's that's wrong. Hey um, <laughs> <laughs> man, hey man, that's my list. And you got your list. I got mine. Coach of the year goes to Eric Spolstra. Whoa! And the reason it goes to Eric Spolstra did the most with the least. Okay, and what the I least. mean by that is, yes, did the most with the least. I'm sorry. Did Jimmy Butler make an All NBA team before? Yes. Okay. Keep going. So Tyler Hero is going to be one, most likely win six six man of the year, right? Yep. Okay. And you voted for Bam for first team All NBA, right? All defense, right? Yes. Okay. But that's the least. Go ahead, brother. Yes. So here's the thing. They didn't have. We talked about Bam earlier. Bam missed a lot of games this season. Mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry missed a lot of games this season. Your number one scorer for the majority of the season was Tyler Hero off the bench. Kyle Lowry decided he didn't even want to play offensive basketball for most of the first half of the season. Right. Eric Spolstra did a lot. And to keep that team to get the number one seed in the East, when you're playing 20 minutes a night for Max Streets, and all of a sudden Duncan Robinson couldn't shoot the way he was last year for part of the season. And, like, he just did a lot to me with a little. And I think the East was better than the West, but we'll save that for another day. Um, my number two guy. Hold is... on, brother. Can't let you get off that easy. Now you say a lot with a little, but I just gave you a list of a six man of the year, yep. an All NBA player, and a guy you voted for Defensive Player of the hold Year. Hold on, a that former, does not hold on. Former All Victor Oladipo, player. and a pretty 
deep on. team as far as shooting. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. They didn't even have Victor Oladipo for half the season. I understand. I understand. <laughs> Tyler Heroes, they had all season. Uh, you say doing more with less. I'm naming guys on this team and starting to come. Okay, up a good roster. No, hold on. When I say more with less, less than Phoenix, less than Memphis. Max Struess isn't playing on other teams. I disagree. Duncan Robinson's not starting on most other teams. I don't know about that one either. Duncan Robinson had a bad year. I agree with you with that one. So for me, it was just, okay, I looked, it was between him and a couple other coaches, and I said, I just respect what Eric Spolster was able to do this year because he had more guys missing time than these other coaches did. And that's with the ones on my list. So, number ahead, two, I had Monty Williams. Okay. I'm not giving, like, okay, I know people are going to kill me for this and they hate when I say this. I don't respect you winning all these games when all these other teams are injured and y'all just Whoa. didn't get, hold on, no, let me finish, and y'all didn't get injured until after you had this massive lead in the West. Hold on. Whose fault is that? No, that's nobody's fault. That's no one's fault. I'm just saying – I'm not going to give you the – like, you put up a crazy good record, and that's awesome. You broke the franchise record and wins in a season. Okay. Phoenix isn't – okay. I don't know what to tell you. Okay. So, doing more with less is more, more impressive than having your greatest record in franchise history. But that's franchise history. Okay. What about bringing it every single night as a team? Because the Heat did not bring it every single Cause, night. Hold on. Because everybody on the Suns was healthy for the majority of the no, season. No, they weren't. Devin Booker's been out a long time, and Chris Paul had a – Devin Booker wasn't out a long time, Doug. He missed at least 20 games total for the season. That's okay. Chris Paul was out for six to eight weeks. I know, but after the All-Star break, that's what I'm saying. They already had the lead at that point. Bro. Then it was just about winning How did they get games. the lead? Because everybody was healthy. My point is no, no, they, they, they the were West. healthy, but what else did they do? They played well. They won. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do, right? No, it is. But that doesn't – but for me – that's an, I'm not. I don't give coach of the year to the team that just had the best record. They didn't just have the best record. They had the best record by a wide margin. They had one of the best offensively and defensive teams. And again, you talk about consistency. Miami started to fall apart towards the end of the year. Now Eric Spoelstra is that same great coach that you know did more with less. So how does he just get a pass at the end of the year? It's not getting a pass because for me, it's not about record. It's <laughs> it's, it's not about record in terms of. I'm not splitting hairs over how many wins Phoenix had versus how many wins Miami had, right? They both finished first in their respective conferences. I think the Eastern Conference was harder than the Western Conference. That's number one. That's and number, number two, I think the Miami roster is worse than the Phoenix roster. Absolutely. So I'm going to give him credit. You finished – nobody had Miami finishing one preseason. you got to get points for that. Go ahead, brother. My number two – I have three. Nick. Number three, number three. Oh, sorry, three. Yeah, no, two is Monty Williams. Three is Nick Nurse. Now, <laughs> now ahead, I almost put Nick Nurse one, and I'm going to tell you why. Because, and I have him three. They made the one, they made the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. They should make the playoffs. Not with that roster. They shouldn't finish top six with that roster. And that's my point about Nick Nurse. Dude, if, if you honestly look at that roster, Past their starting – like, okay, they played their starting five more minutes than any other starting five in the league because it's the worst constructed roster top to bottom in the Hold NBA. on, hold on. When they won a the championship, they also played their starting five a ton of minutes. That's a Nick Nurse thing. 
No, it's a Nick. Yes, it's a Nick Nurse thing. But they had guys that also played. Like I agree, but they still played their minutes, starters a ton of minutes when they won the championship. No, yes, but I'm talking this year. They didn't have a bench player that was averaging double digit minutes for most of the season, and it wasn't because of like oh guys were injured. It was because their roster consisted of like five centers, and all the guards came from colleges nobody's ever heard of, and they weren't that great. And it's like the fact that they – that okay, coming into the season, looking at that roster, there was no way I thought Toronto was better than Atlanta, was better than Brooklyn, was better than uh, Charlotte, right? So I feel mm-hmm. like for me, if you're a team that I don't – that I have in the lottery and you surprise me and make the actual playoffs, I don't think Nick Nurse deserves to win the award, but I think he deserves to be top three. And I Taylor... like Taylor Jenkins. He yeah. was four. He was four. He was just four. Listen, there's no reason for why he was four other okay. than he okay. was just Okay, hey, four. you're good with me, as long as you can be fair. No, yeah, there's, there's no reason. Let's go. Let's keep it good. Come all on, right. Got a lot to so, get to. All right, next, we're going with most improved player. I don't know if this report is true or not, but my pick was in before this report leaked, and I don't know if you heard the same report that I heard. I have no idea what report you're talking about. Okay, well, it was leaked that the most improved player was Jordan Poole, which was my number one guy. Wow. Uh, on my phone, I have the screenshot. It's April 13th at 521 p.m. 2002. Uh, just for verification before it leaked. Uh, but, yeah, I've got to go with Jordan Poole. Um, a lot of, John Morant might win this award, but I have to say something. John Morant was good last year. I have to remind people, the Warriors played the Memphis Grizzlies in a playing game and beat them, and he dominated. He was the best player on the floor, the same floor that Stephen Curry was second in MVP voting for. Well, Jordan. he was my second pick. He, mm. was, he didn't finish second. Um, this guy's amazing. Um, I didn't see any of this coming out of Michigan. I don't even remember this guy coming out of Michigan. I do. He's the second best ball player on this team. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember you talking about him. He's the second-best ball handler on the team, right? Yep. He can shoot, right? He yep. can shoot off the dribble. He can shoot pull-up. Yep. He can drive to the rim and finish at the rim. Yep. He has great dexterity. He can finish with both hands. And he's getting better at drawing contact. Now, if you look at the one flaw in this game, he's probably playing defense, but he's not a bad defender. He's a willing defender, and he'll get better at that. But, again, Stephen Curry missed a ton of time, and as their best offensive creator, he held them going. Again, their record, not great, but certainly not as bad as you think it would be without Stephen Curry. Uh, it's Jordan Poole for me, number one. Uh, number two, Miles Bridges. Miles, okay. I, uh, this is from Charlotte, not Mikhail. I know guys get these guys mixed up. Okay. I feel like earlier in the year, everybody had him as the vote, and maybe because of Charlotte's inconsistent play, they kind of forgot about him. But he's improved as a one-on-one scorer in isolation. <laughs> He's improved his three-point shots. He can guard multiple positions, and he's a very good rebounder. And, again, he went from a guy that looked like a role player to a guy that's <laughs> scoring 20 points per game in a legitimate second option as far as Charlotte's going. So I can't. I got to reward him. Mm-hmm. Now, number three, and, again, this is objective, whether people believe me or not. I don't have no picks because, listen, I, I just got to get Don't say it. Don't say it. You know what I'm going to say. Tyrese <laughs> Maxey. <laughs> Who had the best three-point shot after the All-Star break? It was Tyrese Maxey. When Ben Simmons decided to have a leave of absence for mental health slash quitting, Tyrese Maxey stepped in, all right? And along with Joel Embiid, Maxey was great. 
He's better at finishing at the rim. His ball handling is better, and his spot-up three-point shooting is better. Even with Harden, his play didn't fall back. He still showed his improvement as a scorer. Last year, 30% three-point shooter. It is what it is, man. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, so I never, I didn't know about this. And if it really is Jordan Poole, then the writers got this wrong. The voters got this wrong. That's your um, No, I mean, they got it wrong. Cause the That's correct, your opinion. No, no, no. The correct answer to this is Desmond Bain. Um, the, yeah, the correct answer to this is Desmond Bain. Because with, the, with take into account, one, he averaged eight points last season. Okay. He's averaging 20. How many points did Jordan Poole average last year? Hold on. I, but see, this is my problem, is – Jordan Poole, to me, I don't know if he's the most improved player because he didn't play last year. That's not what the word is. The word is biggest jump from last year to this year. No, that's not, see, that's not what the award is. The award, is, the, the award is most improved. Yeah. What so is the, improvement? It's a jump in play. It's a jump in total play, but it's also a jump in what happens with your team. If you look at Memphis and you look at the fact that they didn't have John Morant for all those games, who was the so dude? That's, le- a, that's all on Desmond Bean? He was leading the team in scoring. Yes. Okay. Yes. Jaron Jackson played great defense. And yes. other good players, too. Not Desmond best backup, best backup point guard in the league. Sure. DeAndre Melton is nasty off the bench. They got both bigs that can go. He's not the only player that's around the winning, only one know. that was averaging 20. Okay. Averaging 20 isn't the only reason you win games, though. It's not. But my point is, if he was a guy last year that people didn't know if he could really play in this league, if he was going to be strictly a bench player, for him to get the starting two job there this season and for him to come out the gates the way he did with Ja and for him to continue that play the entire season, being a starter, it means something. Because if you look at Jordan Poole, and this is what drives me crazy, yeah, look at his numbers when he's starting. They're great. You know what's not great? He gets like 28 shots a game, Okay. So let, let's Jordan talk Poole about this. Get 28 shots again. So I've seen multiple games where he shot the ball 25 or 28. That was towards the later half of the season when their best player wasn't playing. What are his numbers when he's coming off the bench when Steph was starting? And Clay came I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. So last year, Jordan Poole averaged 12 points a game. This year, he averaged 18.5. Last year, he averaged 1.8 rebounds. This year, he averaged 3.5. And last year, he averaged 1.9 assists. This year, he's averaging 4. I have more stats, but go ahead. Again, Desmond Vane should have won the award. For the same reason, because he and Desmond Vane <laughs> made the How you laugh like at me and put him at number two? Because I knew you were going to put him at three, because you, you should have put him higher. My thing is this. Maxie and Bain, it was close all season. I kept saying this on the pods when we would bring it up occasionally, which was they both averaged eight points last season. They yep. both are at, like, 20. They both are now starters. They both are huge components to why their teams are in the positions that they're in. And the third person for me, which, again, people are going to probably laugh at me, it's Tyler Hero. He was trash last season. Like, all jokes no, no, aside. Absolutely. He was trash. But he was trash. good as rookie year. Hold on. I understand. He was good as rookie year. Dog, they were talking about this dude need to get traded out of Miami. This dude I, can't no, play. No, I remember every – I am – I remember he was trash last year too. All right, they were right about everything they said. He was trash. Um, but my argument with him is rookie year versus this year, how much of a difference are we looking at? 
We're not because he scored thirty points in a playoff game. No, I know. I'm just saying that we're doing it from year to year. Like that was terrible last year. So if you had one good year, one bad year, one good year, you someone most approved. I mean, if your good year is your rookie year, that's my thing. It's like, eh. And then for me, my fourth guy would have been, would have been Lamelo, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get into why Lamelo argue. You don't think Jordan Poole is can make your top five? He's probably number five. He might be five. All right, man. If yeah, I really cool. sat down, it might be him. It might be Dejounte Murray, who I think as somebody people don't think, but like outside of points, Dejounte's jump this year and assist rebounds, like an all around player. Crazy. Yeah, so crazy. that's probably the one regret I'd not be able to put uh, Dejounte Murray in there. Um, he improved his game as a long two point shooter. Again, rebounds and assists, and again for a Spurs team that's not very talented. He made that engine go, and every night they competed based off of his talent and how much he can push him. So even though I didn't mention him, I definitely yeah. want to give a big shout-out to DeJounte Murray, man. Oh, and one of my one, favorite players to watch. One quick other shout-out of somebody who I, I mad at myself. For, I didn't look at their entire stats, but I think they got screwed the first half of the season. Bruce Brown gets a shout-out to me because mm. I feel like if he would have gotten the playing time he got in the second half of the season and the first half of the season, we would be talking about him being – maybe winning the award or being top three because the numbers he's put up for the Nets the second half of the season is nuts. He definitely improved. He's improved as a shooter too, but he's not. he didn't have enough this year to get in this category. Yeah. All right, let's keep it going, brother. All right. It's about that time, dog. It's what everybody came let, let, Let's hold off on that. Let's, let's, let's give him one more before we give him that. What a, which one am I missing? Rookie oh, of the year? Come on, bro. Of the year. Okay. Come on, bro. Come rookie on, of bro. the year. Sorry, sorry, y'all. Rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. You want me to go All first? Right, I'm going to go first. <laughs> and, and I'm going to do it backwards. Okay. I'm going to start with number three. Okay. Number three for me was Scotty Barnes. Interesting. Okay. I loved what this kid did this season in Toronto. Yes, sir. Because the biggest thing that rookies do that annoys me is when they think they're a high draft pick so that they have to come out and try to drop 20, 25 a night. Right. For me, he played within himself. Wasn't, a, wasn't the greatest three-point shooter in college. Didn't take a whole bunch, but he took him when he was open. Absolutely. Okay, plays defense, hustle player. That was your favorite thing about him was that he's an all-around hustle player. And I told people his, he, the worst he was going to be was Ben Simmons. But he's going to be better than me because I think he's willing to work on that jump shot. Absolutely. So I had him at number three. Number two, here comes the controversy. I had Evan Mobley. Whoa! <laughs> I did a deep dive. Okay. Boy, brother, dropping numbers. I did it. No, listen, listen. I did a deep dive. And here's the only thing I need people to understand. Evan Mobley's numbers with Jared Allen in the lineup versus without Jared, in the li- Jared Allen in the lineup are night and day. We're talking about a guy that could be rookie of the year, with Jared Allen versus without Jared Allen, a guy that we would be saying might be a bust. The rebound numbers are almost half. He gets half as many rebounds without Jared Allen when he has to play the true five position. Now, that may be because he's not a five, and I don't think he is, but it is what it is, brother. You play when it just looks like when you're not the main focus, you can put up decent numbers, also known as hollow stats. Because there was a lot of times where Jared Allen, because he was a rookie, was staying in games where the team was up 20 and he's playing against guys that are G-leaguers or, you know, five minute a night off the bottom of the bench guys. Mm-hmm. And he's getting extra numbers. My number one guy is Cade Cunningham. Wow. 
And for those of y'all that don't, I wasn't the biggest Cage fan. No, you wasn't. I wish I would. Uh, we, actually, I didn't, no, we got the preacher. I, oh, hey, if y'all want the reference, we have the draft review pod. We right do. It is up there. And you'll know, I did not. Who I, was your I, favorite player from this past draft? Was it uh, Barnes? It was, no, it was Franz Wagner. That okay. was my guy going okay. into the whole draft. Um, don't forget to shout him out. You know, I'm done because he was my number five. My number four was uh, Jalen Green because I thought what he did at the end of, towards the end of the season was nuts. I mean, this dude has put up 30 a night. Um, but for me, it's Cage, right? And here's why. A couple reasons. One, when Cade did not play for Detroit, they were the worst team in the NBA. They were worse than Portland without Damian Lillard. They were bad. Like, they were bad. Absolutely. And that's with Jeremy Grant. And that's with Sadiq. They were bad. Yep. All of a sudden, Cade comes in. It was a rough little start, but it was yep. okay for me because he started the season later than the mm-hmm. other rookies. So it's like you got to give him that you know two-week grace period that we give the rookies. Once Cade figured out the NBA game, it was off to the races. And for me, it's the numbers other than points. Yep. It's the rebounds. It's the assists. It's the steals. The it's pace. the block shots. It's the pace. It's the PER number. It's, it's If you look at the true analytics between the two, and again, you have to look at Evan Mobley's numbers with and without Jared Allen. Because to me, that's the biggest differentiating thing. Cleveland was still winning games without Jared Allen. Evan Mobley just wasn't doing anything. You, and, like, for me, I can't see you go from 16, 17, 18 a night with this guy, right? Seven, seven eight rebounds. So now he's not playing. And all of a sudden, your points are dropping to 13, 14, 12. And your rebounds are dropping without Jared Allen to, like, five. And it's like, ah, okay, you're playing like a real rookie. So uh, I go, Kate. I'm really shocked by this list. We didn't talk about any of these awards. When LeBron James won Rookie of the Year over Carmelo, did LeBron teams make the playoff? No. Did Carmelo teams make the playoff? Yes. Now, everybody said they didn't care because they thought LeBron was amazing, and he said he deserved it. And I said from that moment on, cool. But to my <laughs> belief in the ideology that I was told, when, I don't know if you agree with me, do not matter when it comes to Rookie of the Year. These oh, I the, 100% agree. Wins these don't are matter the for worst teams in the league that added a young player that has to learn the well, game on the fly, adjust, and get better on the fly. Real quick, asterisks to that. If you're, the, if you're a rookie that you're the reason your team makes the playoffs, like Carmelo wasn't the reason that Denver Nuggets team made the playoffs. If right. you're the reason your team makes the playoffs, then by all means, you're rookie of the year. Right. So when Bill Simmons and um, Ryan Marcello, shout out to Ryan, he voted for Cade uh, too. When Bill Simmons said, I can't give it to a guy that only won 20 games, I I have to stop him. And again, my favorite argument of this is, if Evan Mobley was on Orlando and Scotty Barnes was on the Rockets, you wouldn't wouldn't feel the same way, right? And so you say, your counter-argument is, oh, but they're on winning teams. Neither one of these players, as much as I love and respect both of them, are the best player of the team, right? Facts. They aren't the second best player in the team, right? Facts. Let's go to Toronto, right? And again, I don't want to. I, I want. I'm going to make sure I show my love to all three of these players, but I have to fight the ideology that the conscious voters are saying to me as a non-voter and potentially one day hope to be an NBA voter. Let me speak that into existence. So, the best player on Toronto. Is Pascal Siakam, correct? Correct. Last year, Pascal Siakam was terrible, right? 
Correct. Masai Ujiri don't put up with no dumb stuff. He put his behind on the trading block. All right. Yep. Now he didn't find a trade partner for him, but it was well known that he was available. Absolutely. Right, price, right. Absolutely. Okay. The next year, what did he do? He brung it. He became the player that they thought he could be. Again, I don't think he can be the number one player on a championship team, but he can def- be, definitely be your best player on a playoff team 100%. He already was. You know what I'm saying? So the improvement of your best player will improve your team. You agree? Yes. Come on now. Now let's slide over to Cleveland. This is crazy. Again, I will show love to all three of these guys. I just have to fight the ideology, right? Yep. So we go to Cleveland. Darius Garland had a beyond breakout performance. And again, a guy that we forgot to mention on Most Improved, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Shooting. Assisting. Then we had Jared Allen, who played dominant and was, again, was putting up crazy numbers at some points this season, right? Yep. We also had, before he got hurt, Ricky Rubio, right? Yep. Kevin Love, right? Yep. Who else got hurt? Dean Wade got hurt. I know I'm missing. I'm oh my goodness, the other starting shooting guard. Colin Saxon. Come on, man. Yo, this team before the season, even though we didn't see it, was loaded to improve, and they did improve. Now again, Evan Mobley was definitely a part of that, and his defensive as a rookie is special. But he was not the first or second best player in the team. So when you say he helps them win games, he is. But he's not the reason. Yep. He's not. And again. Evan Mobley, for me, was to me, the first half of the season was the best rookie. He fell off a cliff. Absolutely. I feel like um, Scotty Barnes was fine, but he didn't ever, never show me that he was the by far the best rookie. Cade had to do everything. Everything. I have to lead. Again, you look at Cade's assists, they should be about 10 a game because he always passes to open players. They don't hit shots. And then let's look at how much the Cade and the Pistons improve once they got a guy that can finish at the rims and my man Marvin Bagley, right? Yep. Come on, man. Again, defense. He's as good a defender as a rookie as any of them. Now, I ultimately believe Scotty Barnes has the highest upside, but as a rookie defender. Now, you say Evan Mobley was? I say the first part of the season. I think everything fell off for him at a certain point. I don't know if it was the rookie war. Passing is the best passer out of all three of them. And right now, he's the best shooter out of all of them. Yeah. And he's the best creator out of all of them. as the number one up. Yeah. Come on, man. But now, there's one thing you said, though. I don't want you to skip over it because it's big. Is leadership. Out of all the other rookies, Kate is the only one that has to be the guy yes. in that locker room. Nobody's asking Scotty Barnes to be the guy. Nobody's nope. asking, you know, Franz Wagner, Jalen Green to be the guy. And not, not that leadership quality. Nobody's going to have a mobile of that. Right, you but for but Cade from day one. Come on, man. And again, when I noted it got ugly is when in March when Cade Cottingham numbers were noticeably blooded in Scotty Barnes and Scotty Barnes won. I said, okay, it, it's, it's getting deep. It, it's becoming politics here. Now let me make sure I show love. Evan Mobley has been one of the best rookie defensive big men I've seen in a long time. He has soft hands. He can finish at the rim, and he has a nice jump shot. All of his all of his skills will improve. And he should have no problem being a great defensive player and a guy that can average 20 and 8. He has to become a better rebounder. Scotty Barnes' handling is way better than what I thought it would be, and his aggressiveness and ability to finish at the rim is amazing for a rookie. Also being 6'9", being able to def- defend multiple positions, already special. And we got to give Masayu Jerry credit because, if you remember, it was a big topic of conversation about whether drafting Jalen Suggs or Scotty Barnes. That's no longer a conversation. All right, all three of these guys are special. Again, let's do some shout-outs real quick. 
Uh, Jalen Green did not bring it the first half of the season, but out of all these guys, he's on the team with. Even though I think the Pistons are worse than the Rockets, a lot of guys in the Rockets have their own agendas. All right, they worry about them, and they're a little dysfunctional. All right, and there's a lot of reasons because of that. And two, I gotta let get France French at least thirty seconds on his boy Franz Wagner, man. Yeah, so he was the guy that I harped on the most. If you go back to the uh, pre-draft podcast, because yep. I just said the kid was special. I said he was, you know, that European flair, but he could shoot. But yep. I was like, he can pass, he can rebound, he's a good team player. And even though at Michigan, I said his stats don't do him justice because he was just doing what Jawan Howard needed him to do for that team to win. Now, in Orlando, I wish he would have got drafted by anybody else because I think he would have been rookie of the year. Mm. That team, man, it's so discombobulated. He had a triple-double early in the season. And I thought that that was going to maybe spark that team to say, let's run it through him. But they never did it. They still were running everything through Cole Anthony. They were still running everything through that terrible pick and roll. Wendell Carter Jr., who I actually like a lot. But I just feel like with Franz, he's somebody that people won't appreciate probably until four or five years in the league. And then they're going to be like, he's going to be another Pascal Siakam. He's going to be a guy to me that people don't appreciate until they really start to look at his numbers or they see him in the playoffs and games that really matter, quote unquote, mm-hmm. to people, they're mm-hmm. going to be like, oh, this dude's balling. Yeah, he's been balling. He's not going to win rookie of the year and he's not the best rookie, but his upside is nuts if he can get on the right roster. All right. So real quick, cause I don't, I'm pretty sure we both didn't do this. So if we had to do, we're not going to do second team all rookie, but if we had to do first team all rookie, we agree. Cade. Yep. Um, I put Mopis on first team. I put Barnes on first team. Now, I don't think they have a center. I think it's just like the best five guys. This best five guys. Yeah. So I put Franz. I got to put Franz on that first team, though. So yeah, I, I would don't. do Franz. Unfortunately, Cade, Mobley. Franz, Cade, Mobley, Barnes, and Herb Jones on the first team. Yeah. See, for me, I took off Franz and I had Jamichael Green. Jamaica Dr. Michael, Green. sorry, Jalen Green. Jalen Green. Sorry. Just because, again, them 30-point games, man. No, like, listen, but he didn't bring it the first half of the season. And, he and he's the worst defender out of all of these guys. But he is. But for me with rookies, like, if I see Flash as a 30-pointers, 40-point game, I'm just like, all right. Yeah. I agree. The Flashes, he has the highest upside of anybody in the draft. But those five guys were sustainably better the entire rookie season. They were. But uh, for me, it was just that he had more usage than Franz. It was close. Um, all right. But, yeah. All right, let's go. Let's keep going. All right, big award time. MVP, M- right? MVP. I'm going to let you go first, man. All right, so. You want to do the 3 2 1 or 1 2 3? I'm doing 3 2 1. Okay. All right, so my number three, which I know is going to have people tight. My number three was Jason Tatum. Now, again, people are going to laugh at me and say, Mike, you're nuts. Oh, we're going to have some arguments later. Mike, you're crazy. You're not crazy. Until I look up the numbers, I look up the big games, I look up what each player means to his team. If you don't, if you take Jason Tatum off the Celtics, I promise you, there may be a play-in team. No arguments here. So, for me, he had a really good season. He started rough. But then when I looked at the numbers, his rough start was really only like the first two and a half weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm not going to kill a guy for a bad two and a half weeks. It wasn't like a full month. It wasn't a month and a half. Like Luca. Yeah. So then my number two, and this is where it's, I, 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 listen, people are going to be mad, but it is what it is. 
My number two is Joel Embiid. Wow. Now, here's uh, the reason that Joel. Here's the reason that Joel is my number two. Okay. Joel for me played amazingly this season. But there's no buts. Oh, okay. So it's just that every now and then a guy plays great, but somebody else is just doing slightly better. And because you only they don't play each other enough time for me to really sort it out of who was the better, you know what I mean? It's like it just came down to who did I think had the better season. So I had Joel at two. Okay. And now number one, which isn't a big surprise to anybody, Devin Booker. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. Y'all must have y'all must have forgot who I was. I'm, hold on. I'm I, set up for me. Yeah, yeah. Y'all must have forgot who I was. I've for me, it's the most valuable player. Meaning, who brought the most value to their team? Not mm-hmm. who put up crazy stats. Mm-hmm. Not who put up the biggest fifty-point games. And mm-hmm. oh, this guy had twenty assists and twenty. I don't care about none of that. Oh, okay. What, what I care about is one. Are your stats good enough to have you in the conversation? Devin Booker's are. Devin Booker's are points, rebounds, assists. His stats are good enough to be in the conversation. But here's what separates him. How many games did Devin Booker play this year? He played a 60. He played over 60. Okay. So here's what separates him for Embiid for me. Was I don't recall anybody else in the NBA being asked to do as much as Devin Booker was asked to do. For the entire second Ooh. half. Of, wait, for the we entire... We can argue usage percentage, brother. Hold on. Hold on. It's not you just usage. You might lose that argument, It brother. ain't just usage. For the entire second half of the season without Chris Paul, okay, where they were fighting to keep that number one spot, even though they had a decent lead, this man switched from shooting guard to point guard. Some nights he was playing small forward. But for that second half of the seasons where he separated it for me, because I had him top 10 going into the All-Star break. But it was after the All-Star break where he, at one point, for like I think a week and a half straight, he was averaging like thirty-seven and five, mm. and like that's for a guard who's getting the number one defender every night. And here's the biggest thing too: it's easier, in my opinion, to stop a Devin Booker than it is a Joel Embiid. Okay, like you, I'm not saying that there's guys that can shut him down, but you should be able to find a guy on your team that has a chance to contain Devin Booker. If you don't have a center, you're not – like, Joel's just going off. That's what he proved this season. It was like Shaq numbers. If you don't have a guy that's big, I'm putting up 40 on you in a heartbeat, and that's fine. But Devin's putting up the numbers with better people defending him. The team finished in first. That's why you gave the award to Monty Williams. That's why I'm giving the award to Devin Booker. Devin Booker for MVP. And I know people are going to say, Mike, what about Jokic? What about the advanced stand? I don't care. <laughs> I don't listen. What about same, Giannis? Okay, so here's the thing with Giannis. Because that's more that's a bigger argument to me over Jason Tatum. Yeah, so okay, so here's the Giannis thing. I don't like guys that selectively choose to sit out games with no injury. And I I'm, felt like I'm pretty this, sure Giannis played a lot of games this year. He did play a lot of games, but my point is this when you're talking MVP, it's one thing to be out because of injury, it's one thing to be out because of COVID, right? Devin Booker's time missed was due to COVID. Right. So it's like I give him a bit of a COVID pass when I'm doing my awards because he, there's no, he has no control over that. Where it's like when I look at a guy, 
first off, with Giannis, I think that there, his assist numbers were down this year. I think he was definitely scoring more. Definitely was The rebound numbers are fine. The defense for me dropped a little bit compared to what I'm used to watching from Giannis. Did you and factor think, the things that happened this season? No, I did. But to me, the biggest factor in everything with him was that I think now that they've won a chip, they are doing sometimes what you see a lot of great players do because LeBron used to do this all the time, but even Kobe did it, where guys start playing for the playoff, playing for the championship run. Um. And by doing that, sometimes you're going to sacrifice. If Giannis would have ended the season as a scoring champ, he would have probably made my top three. Not probably. He would have definitely made my top three. But, like, that to me was just indicative of the fact of Giannis should have been the scoring champ. He just missed games for no reason. Um, but, yeah, the Jokic thing, I'm going to just tell people right now. It's yeah, the West- West- you got to you, you yeah, talk about that. Yeah, it's the Westbrook for me. It's the, oh, but look at the assists and the rebounds and the points. Okay, first of all, just because a team's offensive game plan is to run through one guy, that doesn't automatically make him the MVP, okay? Like, you have to look at a lot about Jokic. Yes, he has a high field goal percentage because most of his shots are two feet from the basket. It's the same thing with Embiid where it's like it's even worse with Jokic because he's wider than Embiid. If you don't have a center, he's just going to cook. And there's not a lot of centers. That is what he's supposed to do. It it is. But when you have another guy out there that's also cooking and being defended by better players, I'm giving the nod to that guy. Because, like, people act like Jokic was averaging 40, 15, and 10. He wasn't. Okay. He didn't lead the league in scoring. Yes, he dominated, but there was a lot of reasons he dominated, okay? And I feel like we give credit to one and not credit to another. It's like, oh, well, Jokic played without Jamal Murray. I'm sorry. Joel Embiid played with scrubs. <laughs> for the, until they got James Harden, he played with scrubs. Scrubs and Tyrese Maxey. And Tyrese Maxey. Oh. And, yes, Tobias Harris is in the scrubs category <laughs> for me. And then you look at with Devin Booker, it's like, yeah, okay, he had Chris Paul. Chris Paul averaged 14 points, y'all. That, that, people that, that is not a reflection of Chris Paul. It's not a reflection of Chris Paul. But what I'm saying is, like, you can't use the, oh, well, he had Chris Paul. Not offensively, he didn't have He has have a much him. better team than all those other guys. He does. But also, I'll say this, out of the other guys, like, he doesn't have that, to me, that's other, quote-unquote, superstar where it's like, you know, MV did have Harden for half the season, even though Harden was trash. And then it's like with Jokic, Again, it's the Mike Malone system. They force-feed him the ball. And also, the other guys on his team aren't that great. Like, let's just be realistic about Denver. It's, and I know people will say, oh, well, that makes it even better. Not really. Because Aaron Gordon was averaging, like, 20 towards the end of the season. And, like, there were some games he was doing better than Jokic. And I'm just like, I'm not giving it to Jokic just because he gets all these stats. Because at the end of the day, it's like, Denver's an okay team. And they're, getting, they're probably getting bounced, if not swept in the first round. So. <laughs> Wow, you you know how to bring the controversy, brother. Um, I gotta take less time than you. You <laughs> took a lot of time with that one. I'm gonna go with Embiid one, Greek Freak two, and Jokic three. Okay. Um, this is not a homer pick. If Embiid's trash, like in 2018, <laughs> the first person to tell you was me. The person that went to the game and say, "Oh, he's playing lazy." First person, dog. No picks here. With that being said, to change your game to a post-up player in 2018 and be the best post-up player, to completely turn that game and be a face-up player and elite at that, that's pretty special. Still getting double-teamed. And again, I got to bring this up because everybody seems to have forgot 
Mr. Simmons quit slash had mental health problems. I'm not letting that slide. He threw a fit. He said, I'm not coming. He said it was mental health. Then he put on sweatpants and put a, a cell phone in his pocket and he faked defensive drills. That wasn't mental health. That was a player choosing to be a lousy teammate. Facts. And dishonor his contract. Facts. With all that going on at any time. It clearly was a distraction. One of the biggest stories in the league. Still one of the stories in the league because Mr. Simmons still hasn't played. <laughs> all right? So, we go with that. All right? Now, at any time, Joel could have threw him under the bus. Yep. In time. Now, he gave you a little insight. Yo, he do whatever he want. And he let it go. Now, when Ben Simmons said mental health problems, and B, end that quote, that's still our brother. He's going through things. So, at any time he could have went off on him, he didn't. Let's get it on the court. Yo, listen, this is a perimeter game. Today's NBA is a perimeter game because of the rules and the way the league is officiated and played is a perimeter game. To lead the league in scoring as a big in a perimeter game is ridiculous. To turn from a post-up player to face-up, and you can do the same moves as Kobe Bryant, Hakeem Olajuwon, and great perimeter players, it's ridiculous. And again, people say we're going to see things like this. I don't know how many people are going to see the 7-3 that can move like he can move. All right? I don't think people like you got to see basketball in person to appreciate it again. Every night, double teams coming, still scoring. Again, half the season, he wasn't there. And again, I want to remind people something. Before Joel Embiid and most of the Sixers had got COVID, they were doing really good. And then a lot of these guys got COVID and their record started to fall apart. But they never went under 500. They got it back together. And again, Harden's been up and down. So the other argument was, oh, he got Harden. He can't win MVP. Brother Harden ain't Harden. All right, I don't know if y'all know, but he ain't Harden. Leading the league in scoring, rebounding, and still defending at an elite level. Yep. It could not be taken for granted, man. Yep. I got to vote with Joel. Last year, they told me he didn't play enough games. He played enough games, and he told me something else. <laughs> I'm saying. Number two, I got to go with Giannis. Um, I got to humbly disrespect, dis, dis, disagree with you. All right? So, the first quarter, quarter and a half. No, no, no. Um, Brooke Lopez came towards the end of the season. Yeah. So, most of the season... The um, Milwaukee Bucks are without their starting center. And the guy who played starting center, physically, for the most part, was Giannis Akinatumbo. Now, you say, oh, he's big enough. He can do it. That's true. It still takes a legit toll. And with that toll, he still averaged 29 <laughs> points, 11.6, 11.6 rebounds, and 5.8 assists. That is not taking it off. Listen, he brings it every night as much as any player on his list. <laughs> And I'm sorry, he's better than Jason Tatum offensively and defensively. Stop, Jason stop, Tatum got stop. the prettiest shot. Giannis <laughs> averaging 30, 29.9. <laughs> Jason Tatum can rebound. Giannis averaging almost 12. Jason Tatum can pass. Giannis averaging almost 6 at 63% true shooting percentage. He better than Tatum, man. I'm sorry, he better than him. Number three. <laughs> <laughs> I did go with Jokic, man. <laughs> I did go with Jokic. Um, Jokic, to me, you can argue it, but he's one of the top three passers in the league, and I can't take for granted an elite passing center. All right? He is the point guard while still being the center. All right? And, again, I think him and Embiid and Jokic have more responsibility, respectively, than Booker. Booker scored 26 points a game. That's good. 30 a game, and there's no other option. There's no other elite shooters in the corner. There wasn't an elite defense to go with you or elite coaching. It was just you and some other guys are bringing it some nights and some other guys are bringing it. Now, I respect the best record uh, argument that you give for him, 
but I, I gotta fight that because the best record doesn't always get the MVP. So Correct. I think it's on a conditional basis. So those are my picks, man. They always get it when they play for Phoenix. So <laughs> shouts out to Steve Nash, fourteen points. <laughs> uh, let's keep it going, man. We got a few more to do, man. All right. So first, you want to do All NBA or All? Defense? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All NBA. All right. So here's my. Fr- you want to do first team first? Yep. All right. First team guards for me. Can't wait. Luka Doncic. Yep. Trey Young. <laughs> Yo, hold up, Tomo. I want to remind y'all that this man voted Devin Booker for MVP, and the MVP didn't make first team All NBA. He did make first team All NBA because Devin Booker has guard forward eligibility. Yo, you know what I Yes, sir. You got guard it, positions. Man. You in the cliffhanger. You got it, brother. Guard, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forward positions. Devin Booker. Here goes. Here's the controversy. You better not do it. Kevin Durant. Wow. And then my five position is Joel Embiid. Yo, brother. That's yep. funny. So to jump in right with you, Luca, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. Yes. Giannis and Embiid. Giannis is not missing the top five. There are not five better players in the <laughs> I don't care what you say on that list. Five of them dudes ain't better than Giannis. I don't care. I don't care what Devin Booker. I, he won 83 games. He ain't better than Giannis. He's getting on that list, man. Um, so the controversy picture both of us probably would be Kevin Durant. Listen, I remember vividly Stephen Curry making first yep. all NBA yep. and playing almost the same amount of games, right? Sure did. Hey, that's the end of this conversation, brother. <laughs> all right, we're not going to just slide somebody else there just because he didn't play enough games. Now, listen, in that case with LeBron, it becomes different because he's not even eligible to be a scoring champion because he didn't play enough games by the NBA's rules. Yep. That's a little bit different. All right, second team, bro. Uh, I just want to let people know, for the Trey Young thing, if people think that that's funny, is all I'm going to say. He led the NBA in total points scored. Yep. And assists. Yep. That's first team all NBA, period. No arguments, man. All right, so second team for me, this was the also known as the all-injury team. John, <laughs> John Morant. Yep. Steph Curry. Yep. Uh, Jason Tatum. Yep. Giannis. Jokic. Whoa! You're missing somebody, dog. No, I'm not. <laughs> this is the arrogance for me. <laughs> Yo, my second team is Steph, John, DeRozan, Tatum, and Jokic. Okay. DeRozan was one of the five biggest stories at multiple points of this year. <laughs> All right? We're just not going to let them slide. And even though Chicago fell apart, they still had a good season compared to Chicago's last post Derrick Rose. And DeRozan's a big reason for that. He That's is. Lakers. Um, <laughs> third team All-NBA. I put Trey on third team. Okay. Um, I don't disagree with the total points and the assists. His numbers are ridiculous. Yep. But I have to reward guys that won the most games while still having elite numbers. Okay. And to me, those other guards are still better defender than he is. He's a minus on defense. So, respectfully, I put him on third team. Uh, I put Chris Paul on third team, Jimmy Butler, uh, Pascal Siakam, and Carl Anthony Towns is my third team All-NBA. All right. My third team All-NBA, James Harden. I'll, listen, I'll address it. My third team <laughs> yeah, you're trolling at this point. I'm man. not. It's Listen, James Harden. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell. I have no problem with that. Pascal Siakam. Yep. 
Jimmy Butler. Yep. Carl Anthony Town. Yeah, I don't have a problem with most of that. Now, James Harden on that yes, list. I can. Yeah, I absolutely can. Because again, when you look at the numbers, no, his no, listen, his numbers aren't that. I'm sorry, Chris Paul, 14 points. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> 14 points. James Harden's averaging 22, seven and seven, and played more games than Chris. No, dog, no. Okay, in your argument, Chris Paul is also on that team. That guy won MVP. He didn't play the whole second Hold half on. of the season. <laughs> there has to be a reward for winning the most games in the league. You rewarded the guy with MVP. I rewarded the guy with an all in Dude, he missed 20 games in a row. Okay, I want to also remind people that James Harden quit for the <laughs> second year in a row. I am not letting this – you cannot deserve an all-NBA award when you say, man, dog, I'm not feeling it. Oh, you don't want to get the virus? You don't want to get the vaccine coming? <laughs> no, I won't be here no more. Oh, Kevin Durant, we play with eight years? No, I don't care. Nah, to the dog. <laughs> hey, no man. way, brother. As, hey. a six, as a sixer diehard, ain't no way. Hey. That bull is building a house in South Philly, dog. <laughs> he is not getting the NBA win. Every other game, he hold on. This brother, hold on, hold on. I'm not done. This brother cannot finish at the room. Every time we get in the close game, he got that dumb look on his face like he just got there, dog. And they pick him apart every time on pick and roll defense. It ain't happening, brother. Respectfully. Respectfully. Let's go to all defense, team all defense. All right. You go first. <laughs> oh, man. This dude just got my blood boiling. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, hold on. Let me get my list. <clears throat> so, my first team all defense, Mikel Bridges. Yep. Uh, <sighs> all right, so this is my opinion. All right, that's what I'm gonna say. Mikael Bridges is a guard. I got okay. him one of the guard spots. I got Marcus Smart at the other guard spot. Okay. I got Giannis at a forward spot. <laughs> okay. I got Herbert Jones at the other forward spot. Yeah. And at center, Triple J. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, brother. My first team, all defense. At the guard spots, I have the exact same thing. Okay. I got, I got Marcus Smart. I got Mikael Bridges. I use that, you know, moving him to a guard. Now, my forwards are completely different because I cheated a bit because I looked up who had forward center eligibility. Mm-hmm. So, my forwards – are Bam Adebayo and Robert Williams. And my center is Rudy Gobert. Ain't no way I'm putting Rudy first team this year, man. Yep. Um, second team, Matisse Stiebel. Okay. Uh, the only reason why he didn't play first team, I didn't put him on first team because Mikael Bridges played 1,200 more minutes in him, and yeah. I just – yeah, I, I'm sorry. Now, Matisse, to me, is the best per-minute impact defender. He okay. He doesn't play enough minutes. If he plays 35 minutes a game, I'd vote for him for defensive player of the year, but he doesn't. Um, My center is Joel Embiid. I want to remind people that while still scoring 30 points, he still is a pink presence. He still is a deterrent at the rim, and he still brings it on both sides of the court. 
Joel Embiid is my center. Um, what am I missing? How many positions oh. was that? That was two. You just said Thibault and Embiid. Uh, I got a little controversy with this one. Oh boy. <sighs> Put Jason Tatum as my second oh, team on defense. Oh no, no, no! I thought no, he was really no, good, no, man. No, no. I think he's really good. Man. Uh for forward, I was really. I also put Robert Williams in as the other forward because he okay. played like all four minutes along with him. And um, so I didn't believe it at first until I looked up the eligibility. Um, Horford and Williams went back and forth at center, so he yep. legitimately does have eligible minutes there. So I put him in there on the second team. Okay, Is that five. Yeah, it's five. All right. So my second team, I had uh, Fred Van Fleet. I also Damn. had Matisse Thibel. I had Giannis on the second team. I had Jimmy Butler on the second team. And I also had Joel Embiid on the second team. Did we do third team All-NBA? We did, right? Yes. Okay, real quick, I want to talk about LeBron for a second. And again, I want to fight an alleology. No, he didn't make my team. Um. I am not discounting the fact that he scored close to 30 points a game at 37 years old. That's still ridiculous, all right? The NBA said he is not eligible to be a scoring champion because he didn't play enough games. That Cohen, that single-handedly took him out of award eligibility. Two things can be true. He had a great year for the games that he played. He cannot make an all-NBA team because that team underperformed, and he is a big part of that team. That's the end of my argument. All can I just get because of his name. This is not Lifetime Achievement Award. Because <laughs> year after year, y'all say Kobe no. We're saying LeBron no. We're fair. All I'm right? glad you said it. And I'm going to say this. For those of y'all that don't know, Kendrick Perkins averaged 20 and 20 in high school. Playing with bums against bums. LeBron averaged 30 playing with bums and playing against bums. Okay? It is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. LeBron's an all-time great. All time great. He's not a 2022 All NBA team player. He's not. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, that's it, man. And then my LeBron strategy is the same one theory that I had for uh, Bradley Beal, man. It's the same. I'm keeping the same energy, man. Um, any last thoughts before we get out of here? Just let y'all know, Devin Booker for MVP. Hashtag it. Yo, dog. <laughs> Listen, I want. He is not troll. Um, did you write your notes? Did you have this written down on the notes or like on your phone or anything? And I have this written down. On a okay. piece of paper. I'll, listen, I'll, 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 I will take a picture and post it. Yeah, I'll, we're going to post both of them, man. Um, we don't have to post them today. We can post them tomorrow for uh, weekly content. So, look, real quick, um, I'm going to most likely try to get a pod in on Friday. Saturday ain't going to happen. So, we're going to try to get a pod in on Friday. We're going to pick the series for each team because everything should be done by Friday night. No? Yeah. Uh, okay, we'll pick what we can pick, right? Yep. yep. We'll pick what we can pick, and then we'll pick the rest out when we come on. All right. Thank my guest French for coming on. Y'all know this pod was long, but it had to be. This is the biggest uh, pod of the year for me. I don't play around. Like, share, and subscribe, please. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, hashtag K-N-O-W-Y-A-R-O-L-E-P-L-E-Y-E-R. Y'all, we talk to y'all soon. Y'all have a good week. Peace.